0: you are listening to Press Church Podcast, please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon is Hidden. Hidden. And the verse that we're going to highlight today is a verse that you've maybe heard before, Psalms one nineteen eleven, And that scripture says, Your word have I hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Your word have I hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Now he talks about hiding the word in our heart, and the word heart in that verse in the Hebrew stands for the inner man, the mind, will, the heart, or understanding. So the word that we're hiding is in our mind, in our will, in our emotions. And we being humans and being alive for any amount of time, we know how frustrating our mind can be, our will can be, how stubborn our will can be. How erratic our emotions can be. How our heart can lead us and guide us sometimes in the wrong way. I mean, I really feel like I love this girl. You know, when I was younger and dated some girls, it's like, oh, my heart is telling me that we're going to be together forever. There were girls who didn't know I even existed, that I thought, well, they don't know, but my heart knows I'm gonna be with them forever. That's my wife. Still to this day I haven't met them. Found my real wife. But our hearts can tell us different things. The the relationships that we had in high school are not the relationships that we still have today. Hopefully the emotions that you had when you were a teenager, thank God, they're not still the emotions that we deal with today. Our mind, our will, our emotions, and it says in the scriptures, your word have I hidden in my heart. And we see in the scriptures that if the heart's left on its own, it's a really bad thing. It's, it's a really, really ugly thing if we leave our heart on its own. Look at Genesis 6, verse 5. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of men was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually Now this is right before he whispers into Noah's ear, "Hey man, you need to build a boat. It's about to get real wet." He said, "Well, it's never rained before. What's what is a boat?" So don't worry, I'll tell you. That God says, just after He's created humanity and sin is entered in for a handful of years, look how quick sin and man's heart has gone straight to depravity. We see the first sin of Adam and Eve is stealing a piece of fruit. God says, Don't take my apple off that tree. Adam and Eve, okay, we got you. He said, wait, I just told you don't don't take my apple off my tree. And then the very next sin that we have, the generation later, is murder. Whoa, whoa, that escalated really quickly. I just stole a piece of fruit, and the very next sin is taking a life. Wow, sin, it multiplied and quickly got out of hand. And now we see a couple generations later... God is looking upon the earth, sees the wickedness of man, was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil some of the time, once a week, continually. Whoa. Look at Jeremiah seventeen nine. A little shout out to myself. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Let's look at Mark chapter 7 verses 20 through through 23. We see Jesus, Jesus himself, God himself, man on the earth is talking about the heart. Let's see what he has to say about man's heart. Of Starting in verse 20, and he, being capitalized, this is Jesus talking, what comes out of a man, that defiles a man. For from within, out of the heart of men, let's see what just, is it going to be love? Is it going to be peace? Is it going to be joy? Is it going to be righteousness? Is it going to be caring? Is it going to be giving? It's got to be one of those, right? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. Verse 22, it keeps going. It gets better, guys. Thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Verse 23, all these evil things come from within and defile a man. Wow. If we leave our heart, our mind, our wills, our emotions unchecked, the potential of what man can become. I mean, we see that. It's very apparent in this world today. If you get on social media, you can see all those things in like two tweets. You turn on the news, you see politicians, you see news correspondents. This is what we see. You'll have Ten stories on the news about murder and theft, this and that. And then you'll have one story about firemen rescued a dog today. Look how cute that puppy is. You ever seen the video of the squirrel water skiing? They'll always show that one of him water skiing in the pool. No? But they'll show that one good feel-good video after they've shown 37 evil intents of the heart. Now, I don't preach this to bring us down. I'm preaching this to show you how we can come out of it. Preaching you to show you that God didn't just leave you there to just stew in your heart, in your mind, in your will. How many of us, when we're going through something in life, and it's not the best of situations that we're isolated, We want to be at home, we want to be alone, we don't want to talk to anybody. And when you're at home, and you're alone, and you're isolated, that heart starts working. And a lot of times that heart isn't saying, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God is on your side. Why should you fear? What can man do to you? Greater is he that's in you. That's usually not what your heart, when you're left alone, says. It says, what are you doing? Can't believe that person said that. Let's think of some ways we can get back at them. And then all of a sudden you find yourself on the other side of the spectrum being like, whoa, where did those thoughts and patterns and things come from? But there's a hope and a future and there's a way that we can work and help our mind, will, and emotions. In this scripture, the psalmist is speaking to us that the key To controlling our heart, our mind, our will, and our emotions is your word. Your word. Your word is hidden in my heart. And why is it hidden in my heart? So that I might not sin against you. That we see the evilness that can come out of our heart if we are left unchecked. But if his word is hidden in our heart... And we have the ability to not sin against Him. That word, hidden, means to hide, it means treasure, it means to store up. Your word have I hidden in my heart to hide, to treasure, and to store up. In Luke chapter 6 verse 45, Jesus says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasures of his heart, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth is going to speak. You want to do a scary self-check on yourself? Follow this scripture. Want to see if you're a good man? Want to see if you're an evil man? Start seeing what you're saying. And you'll get a very quick revelation of what's inside your heart. And you'll find out what's hidden in your heart. Is it his word? Is it your word? Is it somebody else's word? For your word have I hidden in my heart, but out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth speaks. So the next time you're talking, listen to yourself. And all of a sudden, you'll probably be like, oh no, oh no, we've got some things hidden that aren't his word, but it's my word, or it's my parents' word, or it's that bully that said this over me or that over me. Whenever I was uh, in high school, I was homeschooled up until the eighth grade and then went to public school in ninth grade. And, um, my parents both played basketball their whole lives of school, and my uncle played, and uh, I just had a lot of, I'm tall and lanky, and the rest of my family was tall and lanky, and so everybody in the family just, we played basketball, and so I enjoyed playing it, and uh, I got to, went to some camps, and and played in some city leagues, and uh, got to high school, and uh, tried out for the team, and it was the first year that there was so many people that tried out for the team. They usually took everybody the freshman year. Um, it was the first year that they actually had to try out. it was like fifty kids or something like that that were trying out. Afterwards, I found out that they already had the team scouted and picked from the other high, sc- the other uh, middle schools, and they only had like two positions. Um, and when you're homeschooled and you're playing against yourself and uh, imaginary uh, people. Um, Let's be honest, I wasn't that good. <laughs> but I had the heart, I had the, I had the desire to, to get better, and, um, and so I didn't get picked that year. Uh, the next year I tried out again, and uh, didn't work out again, and, uh, and just heartbroken by it. And my dad said, why don't you go talk to the coach and say, you know, I want to play basketball, I want to be on the team, what can I do to be on the team? So I went and talked with him, and, and he said, uh, he said, you know what? He said we don't have a position for you right now, but uh, you know I do I do like your your heart for it. He said, why don't you come be the manager for the team? I said, what? He said, you need to fill water bottles and 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 clean up the locker room and stuff. And I was like, no, no, that's that's embarrassing because everybody that I hang out with all my friends they know me as you know one of the basketball players there's no way I'm going to be the manager I went home and told dad I said he offered me the manager position he said well how bad do you want it well, my old dad so I humbled my pride and I walked in his office I said I'll, I'll be the manager he said, okay so I, I got to travel with the team and uh, and and get to go to all the practices, and so I was just watching and and shooting on the sidelines and paying attention. Every once in a while, a player would be out, and uh, he would say, "Jeremiah, get in here and run the drill." And uh, I'd run the drill with him, and I would just try and destroy every person that I, I came against to just prove my heart and uh, so I go into my junior year and we're sitting down uh, the coach has like a, a, a yearly meeting we we didn't make we made it to the playoffs, but we didn't make it to the state championship we were like one game away and uh, so we sit down and he says he said man you've done a great job as the manager we want to bring you back as the manager I said I said what I said oh no no this isn't how it works like I've, I just did my my dues and so I told him, I said, I said no, like, I don't want to be the manager. I, I just want to play basketball. Like, just, just put me on the team. Like I can, I can work and get better. Like, I, I, I just want to play. That's it. We were sitting in the gym, me and him, on the bleachers, 11th grade. And the coach told me this. He said, as long as I'm the coach, he said, you're not going to play for me. He said, because you're not physically, mentally, or emotionally prepared to play 5A basketball. And as long as I'm the coach here, you'll never play basketball here. And he said, practice is almost over. Go turn the showers on for the guys. <laughs> hey, don't be a coach like that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of politics involved that I didn't understand, that I can see now. And... He had no idea the words and the impact that it had on my life. That those words that he said didn't float up into the gym air, it floated right into my heart. And at 32 years old, I can still quote word for word the exact thing. And for the longest of times, I hid those words in my heart. That everywhere I went, everything that I did, I would have in the back of my head, you're not physically, mentally, or emotionally prepared to play 5A basketball. And in everything that I tried to think about doing, can I go here, can I do this, or I want to do this in my life, I thought the one thing that I wanted to do was play basketball. That was my dream. And at 11th grade, my life is over. Never going to be able to do that. Never going to be able to play. Never going to try and get on a team in college. Never going to try and get to the NBA. Never going to be that guy. And those were the words that I had hidden in my heart. And there had to be a point in time as I grew older, by the time I got to Bible school, where I had to say, you know what? They've got to come out. Those words have to come out of my heart because I'm living my life based on those words that have been hidden and stored up and treasured in my heart. The power of words. I was living on somebody else's word For so many years that held me back, that hindered me, that stopped me from my potential. Because as soon as I would go to step out to do something, those words would happen. And those were more true than you're more than a conqueror. Greater is he that's in you than anything that's in the world. Your words have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. We have to make a personal, active decision to hide and store up God's Word in our heart. This does not automatically happen when you get saved. Whenever you got saved, whatever date that was, the entire Bible didn't get deposited into your heart. You might have known John 3.16. If you were never brought up in church, There wasn't just an instant download of the entire Word of God in your heart. And if it was, then please come up here and I'll I'll let you preach. But it says, your Word have I hidden in my heart, which means it's an active, moving decision that I'm going to take out words that aren't your words and I'm going to put in words that are your words. So I've got to make sure I understand what your words are And distinguish it between the words that I've been told throughout my whole life and what's guiding me and what's pushing me and what's hindering me and what's making me go this way or making me go that way and say, is that the word of God? Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak and as you speak, you're going to start speaking words and you're going to find out, or you might need to find out, is that God's word? Is what I've been saying my whole life, is that even God's word? Is that even what God's saying about me? Because when his word is hidden in your heart, you have the ability to not sin against him. In Proverbs chapter 4 verses 20 through 23, it says, My son, just listen to this as if God is speaking to you right now. My son or my daughter, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of of your heart for they are life to those who find them and they are health to all of their flesh verse 23 keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life do you see all the verbs that are in there that are action verbs that are commands that are telling you that you have to do this continually that it's not just a one time thing well i learned john 3:16 i can make it through the rest of my life I read once, I memorized one scripture seven years ago. I'll be all right. No, no, no. It's it's an active thing that we have to do in our own personal life to make the decision, it's your word that I'm going to hide in your heart. It's your word that I'm going to hide in your heart. And his word that is hidden is a treasure. The definition for hidden is stored up. My parents live in Louisiana and For those who are watching the news, Tropical Storm Barry or whatever it is, it's just hovering over Louisiana. My parents are safe. They're on the the west side of Louisiana getting some rain, but they're fine. They're not like uh, the New Orleans side that is is getting flooded up. But we're also in a a hurricane-prone area, and I grew up in Louisiana my whole life, and hurricanes was like the fifth season. It was... We didn't really even have a winter. It was just hurricane season. So we just, we celebrated uh, with Santa and hurricanes. But they always told you to be prepared. You need to have at least three days of food, at least three days of water, and a can or two of gas. You should always have that and be prepared and ready. Well, There's there's nothing going on. It's the beginning of hurricane season. There's nothing in the Gulf. No, no, no. You need to store up. You need to store up the food. You need to store up and be ready for when something does come, when something does happen, all of a sudden when the hurricane hits, you're not thinking, oh, what's, what's that Bible verse say? Uh, something about healing. Come on, come on. We got to go find it. No, no, no. When your word is hidden or stored up or treasured in your heart, you're already ready for whatever comes your way. It's not a big shock when there's a financial burden, when there's a health issue, when there's something that's happening or attacking, you don't have to then, oh, it's time to prepare. No, no, I'm already stored up. His word says this. So, whatever the storm is, I'm not going to be worried about it because His word says that. I'm blessed. I'm righteous. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm prosperous. The favor of God's on my life, it's already there, and I can already walk in that. And then all of a sudden, the anxiety and the fear of the situation just goes by the wayside because I'm expecting the miracle. I'm not getting overwhelmed by the hurricane of life. My son or daughter, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Constantly, constantly active, moving. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. We've heard this scripture before in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Renewing of your mind, a renewing of your heart. A renewing, a refreshing, a constant overturning of checking, okay, what am I saying? Okay, this is what I'm saying. Does it, is it God's Word? Is it my Word? Is it somebody else's Word? Oh, wow, that's not God's Word. Okay, well, I need to take God's Word. I need to hide it in my heart. It's why we encourage daily Bible reading. It's why we encourage weekly being in church and getting, and hearing the Word of God. It's why we encourage these things, not just so you can check something off, You can say, well, today I did my good day, my good deed, read two scriptures, went to church, threw some money in the bucket, high-fived a couple people, showed up to an extra event that they did, did this, did that, all right, I'm good to go. No, 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 that's, that's not why we're encouraging to do that, because we know the power of getting his word hidden in your heart. You see, the psalmist, which we believe probably David wrote this, Psalms 119, He didn't have the Bible. When he wrote this scripture, when he wrote Psalms, he's writing a song. And it's a song that's coming out of his heart. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have the Gospels that showed what Jesus was doing. He didn't have the teachings of Paul. He didn't have any of these things. But he had a relationship with God. The prophets were speaking, people were passing down the Torah, the law, they were passing down the stories of the Pentateuch, which is Moses' first five books. He had those, he had the Torah, he had the law, he had a relationship with God. Where God is speaking to us. He wants to speak to us. That's why we've been hyping and talking about this prophetic conference that God brought a word, and that word can sustain y'all. That word can help you and bring some guidance and some wisdom. The prophetic conference, there's hundreds of people, and the prophets say, well, we can't prophesy to everybody here. There's just so many people, but the Holy Spirit can prophesy to all of us. So as we sit there in those moments, as we hear other people getting prophetic words there are times where the prophetic word will go up inside of me and say, oh, that's for me. I receive that. There's times when I'm up here preaching and I'm talking about a scripture, talking about this or a situation in my life or something that you need to take a hold of it. I receive that scripture today. I'm going to hide that in my heart because I need that. I know I'm going to need that in the future. I know what the work schedule's like next week. I need that scripture. I'm going to go ahead and hide that in my heart so it's going to help me on the other side. As we finish Genesis 3, 7 through 8, we talk about hiding, and usually hiding is not a great connotation in Christianity. Whenever we talk about hiding, we usually talk about this story right here. Genesis chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, then when the eyes of both of them were open, they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves coverings And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Humanity's first inclination when it comes to encountering God is to go and hide. We know our limits. We truly know our hearts. If there was an opportunity that I could bring one of you up on stage with a chair, we could put this device on your head, and whatever you were thinking and whatever was in your heart would show up on the screen, how many of you would volunteer for that? You know what? That sounds like a good idea. I want you to see what goes on in this, this brain. Any thought, any, anything in your heart, any emotion, any desire, Damien, come on down, let's... See what we got on here. Oh, wow, that's a good one. Never thought of doing that before. Oh, that's pretty disgusting. We don't want to do that. We want to go and hide. Oh, no, no, no. We don't want God. God, we don't want you to see. What we do in private, we think that God waits out outside the door. It says that the Holy Spirit is with you everywhere you go. I will never leave you or forsake you. He doesn't say, oh, you're sinning. Let me step out the door and shut. okay. Wow, that's a lot of sinning. Nope, still not done yet. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, you're done. Hey, it's me, God. I'm back. It's good to see you. No, God is with us everywhere we go and everything that we do, every spot that we walk in, every person that we talk to. Every place that we go, if you are saved, the Holy Spirit is with you. And he's made the promise, I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you. We know Adam and Eve go and hide themselves. But God wants to take it a step back. And he says, you know what? If you hide my word in your heart, you won't sin against me. And if you won't sin against me, then you'll never hide from me again. You won't have to deal with that shame. You won't have to deal with that embarrassment. You won't have to deal with that frustration. He doesn't want you hiding from him. He wants you hiding to him. Your word have I hidden in my heart. We see in Luke chapter 22, Jesus talking to Peter. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. He tells this to Peter. And then Peter makes the statement, I'll die for you. And then Jesus says, okay, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. You wanted to take it a step further? I told you, Satan's asked for you, I've prayed for you. Strengthen yourself, get ready, something bad's happening. Peter says, I'll die for you. I'll stay right by you. Everybody else will run away. I'll die for you. Jesus says, okay, well, here we are. Uh, In like an hour, you'll deny me three times. The word was there. The word was given to Peter, which he should have hidden in his heart immediately. Satan has tried to sift me. Satan is trying to attack me. Satan is trying to come against me. Jesus has already prayed for me. It's already been defeated. It's already been taken care of. I'm done. I'm good. I'm following Jesus. That's not the word that he hid in his heart. He stood up there pridefully and defiantly and said, I'll die with you. Okay, well, you're going to deny me three times. He denies him three times. And the first thing that he remembers when Jesus looks at him is he says, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. No, 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 that's not what Jesus said. It's not the first thing he said. first thing he said, I prayed for you. Stand strong in the faith. But the word that he hid in his heart was, you're going to deny me three times. And when that happened, he hid. And he ran out crying. And he hid so much. He heard that Jesus was alive, and he ran to the tomb, and he looked in. He said, he's alive, he's awake, he's not here, something happened. And his next thought was, let's go back to my old job. You know what? I was called to ministry. Jesus called me to do this. I laid hands on the sick. I'm the one who passed out bread and watched it multiply in my hands. I saw all these miracles. That's great. Good idea. Let's go back to my old job. The word wasn't hidden in his heart. And because of that, we see the stumbling happening. But the grace of Jesus to come back and say, Hey, Peter, you're terrible at your old job. You can't catch anything. But if you love me, feed my sheep. I love you, Lord. If you love me, feed my sheep. I love you, Lord. If you love me, feed my sheep. Jesus was saying that over and over again. Yes, to restore him, but also to get those words hidden in his heart from that point on. Peter knew, Jesus, you love me. And if you love me, then my job is to feed your sheep. And for the rest of the Gospels, for the rest of the Bible story that we see, he knew that Jesus loved him. And all he did was feed his sheep. The last scripture I have, John 15, 7, Jesus speaking. Oh, no, nope, hold on, I'm sorry. Oh, wow, you jumped. You jumped real far. There we go. The last scripture I have is Ephesians 5, 25 through 26. Husbands, love your wives we go right here. Here's an extra tidbit. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. When you hide the word of God in your heart, there is a washing and a cleansing of your heart that can happen. Those old emotions, those old pains, those old wills, those old things in your heart, In your mind, those crazy thoughts can be washed away and cleansed with the Word of God. You don't have to think those crazy thoughts anymore. You don't have to dream those crazy dreams. You don't have to think those terrible thoughts. Renewing of the mind, the washing of the Word, hiding and storing up. The original text, this scripture is read this way. In the heart of me, I secluded your sayings so that i not shall sin to you in your in the heart of me i secluded your sayings so that i shall not sin to you the scripture that we just read psalms 119 i believe in the translation they didn't translate it correctly because they kind of want it to give an out to people it says In Psalms 119, 11, your word have I hidden in your heart that I might not sin against you. But that's not how the original text reads. It says your word have I hidden in your heart that I will not sin against you. But even us as humans, even us as humans as we're trying to decipher and we have all these different translations of the Bible, they thought, ah, let me put a caveat in there because it can't be that good that if you put the word of God inside your heart, you have the potential to never sin again. So I'm just going to put the word might. Mm-hmm. It's not there in the original text. The original text says, I will not sin against you. That's something that's way out there. But it starts with hiding his word. Just start hiding his word, storing up his word in some capacity in your life. Amen? Let's stand up today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we make the decision today to hide it in our hearts. That we have the ability as your sons and daughters to not sin against you. Father, I thank you for each and every person here I thank you that you know what's going on in their hearts. I ask you to speak to them. I ask you to provide your word in their heart. I ask you to provide opportunities to see out of the abundance of their heart their mouth speaking. That this week as they talk, that they stop and listen to themselves and find out what's truly in their heart. Find out truly what's happening there and make corrections as you show them, Father. That if they have words that their family, that somebody else has spoken over them that is incorrectly and doesn't line up with their word, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I cast that out of their heart now in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you to give them opportunities to put your word in their heart so that we have the ability to not sin against you. That we don't, after we sin, we go and hide from you. But before we sin, we hide your word inside of us so that we can overcome all things. Father, I thank you for everyone here. I thank you that they're blessed. They're highly favored. I thank you that they're healed and whole. I thank you that they're the salt and light of the earth. They are a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden, that you protect them, you keep them safe, and you bring them back safely on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you all so much. We'll see you all on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.